I wanted to do her stuff for my friend. Well, you're sorry, Hugly Man. It doesn't matter what your name is. Welcome to officially season two of The Hezzy, brought to you by BasketballGods.net. New format is Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Been off for about 10 days here, so let me get to some stuff here before we get to last night's opening games. Let me speak on Ben Simmons and Kyrie real quick. Ben shows up. In Philadelphia, looking for his check, right? I got to show up. Oh, what happened? Rich Paul, it didn't work out how they thought it would work out, right? So he shows up. They're all surprised. And then yesterday, I guess he refuses to participate in a defensive drill. And, and Doc's like, just just get up out of here. Just get up out of here. And, you know, I, I thought someone might two-piece him in practice. Look, uh, you think Ben can go out in Philadelphia? I know he already sold his house, right? Could he go get food? Could he go run and get some food? Could he go to the mall? <laughs> I don't think so, man. I don't think so, right? And, you know, with Morey and how aggressive he is and how he's not willing to yield, if they try to roll him out and play, how quickly does Joel start barking at him and then the crowd starts chirping? Like, they may start, it it could get ugly. I could see a scenario where Ben just ends up like walking off the court, like pulling his jersey off and just walking into the back of the locker room. And then where does his value stand? To be honest, I think all they end up getting is another big contract and some fillers. So a CJ McCollum, an Andrew Wiggins, a Brandon Ingram, someone like that, which is fine. Like, right. That's I think we, the public, the fans, we agree like that's probably fair at this stage. It's Moray and the Sixers that want a king's ransom. I I just think that his value is going down with each day and with each incident. And if I was one of the teams trading for him, I'd be careful, man, because I think that there is a chance that this kid could be mentally damaged forever as far as an athlete goes. You know, I think it'll be a fine. He's he's got plenty of money in the bank. He'll be a fine person, an adult. But as far as, you know, they're going to have to get him a sports psychologist because I think that this is going to stick with him. Wherever he goes, and I think opposing fans, opposing players are going to play on this. So be careful if you go get him. But yeah, this this situation just keeps escalating, man. And if you don't know, my take already is when Joel and the other Sixers were going to fly to Los Angeles to talk to Ben, and he was like, no, don't even show up. I don't want to talk. That to me was like, all right, I'm out on this kid. Like he, he, he don't want to communicate. So like as far as the dubs go, nah, I'm good. Even though we looked real small last night against that Lakers lineup. No, I'm good. I'm good. Us for Kyrie Irving. We know this is who he is. The news broke. It was like, well, this ain't surprising. We know this is who Kyrie is, right? As far as his reasoning goes, I'm not even going to get, we, we already know his logic been flawed. Again, we know who he is. But to be honest, I think Kyrie is loving this. I think he is loving it. He This is a wet dream for Kyrie Irving. He gets to be a hero for the woke, all while being crucified by the mainstream media, right? This is, you know, I, I don't think he minds this at all. It, it may be hurt in his pockets. Watch, he'll he'll wake up one day and say, you know, he had a dream 
that he was supposed to be on the court with his brothers and he'll he'll show up and play and you know by the looks of last night for the Nets sake it it, it should probably be sooner rather than later so that brings me to opening night last night bucks nets Milwaukee comes out and just starts mashing them on the glass and in the paint and I like Nick Claxton but he looked real soft out there last night against the champs and then I'm starting to look at Brooklyn's rotation see LaMarcus Aldridge Paul Millsap James Johnson and then of course Blake Griffin in the starting lineup let me ask y'all this of those four how many of them are actively contributing come April Aldridge, Millsap, James Johnson, Blake Griffin. They're damn near as old as the Lakers. I think that we kind of overlooked that because of the big three. The Patty Mills signing, what he hit seven threes last night, you know, so he, he obviously, that that was a big move. But I, I don't, at least for me, I didn't grasp how old the rest of this roster was and how much it appears like they're going to be relying on these guys to eat up minutes. You saw the Nets take on the personality of their stars. That too cool for school mentality. I think it was Van Gundy on the call. He was like, they're just not playing that hard, right? And that's kind of the Harden, KD, Kyrie vibes at times. KD to a lesser extent. But KD is a chameleon, right? He's going to kind of blend into his environment. And you saw the team take that personality in the first half of that game. And you look, again, you got these old timers. They just don't have enough dogs. They don't have, I don't know about the roster balance on there because you say, okay, Javon Carter, he's like a third string guard. I don't know how much that of an impact he can be. And then you say, well, okay, uh, Bruce Brown, who Steve Nash didn't want to play last night. That was probably the most uh, interesting thing about their rotation, right? But here's the thing with those old guys. When you're older, when you're, you can't be a dog. You don't have the gas tank to play that way anymore. So like Millsap, who was a dog in his prime, right? Aldridge never was, you know, and Blake tries, but it, their body's not going to allow them to be that. So, um, yeah, you just, it, it looks like they're kind of flawed roster wise. Harden was out there look, looking like big Escalade on the and one circuit. <laughs> Rest in peace, man. But Harden was, uh, man. And you know what? At this stage, how old is James? Is he 32? I want to say Harden may actually have lost a step now clearly he's not in the shape that he needs to be in but he actually may have lost a step here at 32 but does it really matter the way he plays it might not even really matter right because he doesn't defend anyway and, and, and his game is so physical and, and, and at his own pace it won't matter but he he just looked like he didn't want to elevate at all when he got downhill he was like Claxton here 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 he, he wanted to throw that lob um now you move over to the Bucks side and you see that the Bucks have taken on the personality of Giannis, just like the Nets have taken on the personality of their stars, right? With the Bucs, it's no days off, right? They've that, That's Giannis's mentality. And to me, I think that that is probably the most impressive thing for me about Giannis is his workman-like mentality despite all of his achievements. He, he's just as hungry. That was what I when they won it, I was like, all right, let's see, let's see how hungry this team is coming back. No, this dude looks just as hungry. It's just who he is. That's what impresses me most about Giannis. Now, everybody's hyping up the new shot. The new, you know, I, I got to see, we got to see a bigger sample size of this. What I will say is it appears like Giannis has figured out how to find a rhythm better when it comes to skipping down the court, hopping one, two step and just gathering his feet. More of them are in rhythm. 
right? And then you watch his free throws and the shots in the paint, the turnaround, the little fades. It's more of a wrist shot. And that's what it should be. At his size, doesn't have to have all these parts. Just get it up high and then flick it with the wrist, especially like 20 feet and in. And so I think that that's huge for the free throws, right? Now, the three-point shooting and stuff, it's a gift and a curse because if he's shooting it better, he's going to shoot more of them. I, I got to see if he can sustain that. I think the, the wrist flick in the paint and at the free throw line, I'm a believer. But the three-point shooting, look, it's easy to come into the season with some new mechanics and kind of a, a new concept of how you're going to do something. But are you going to revert back to what you've done when you do have some struggles, right? It's real easy day one to start off with it. So let's see if he can sustain that. I like what the Bucks have done. They were a bit chipped up. I like Grayson Allen for them. He's, he's able to attack closeouts. He's fearless. Um, was it the Nawara kid? You know, he's a bucket. He has a real low release. I like him. I like him. He's physical. I think as far as his, his ceiling as a bucket getter off the bounce, you look, that release is really low. And then Drew goes down. Drew goes down. What, he's out second half with a heel contusion? Drew, to me, Drew Holiday looks heavier every season. So maybe they want to get his weight down before they bring him back. But uh, yeah, I like what the Bucs have done with their, with their roster. My final take, I guess, on this game was how many threes did KD take last night? He was three of six. You say, okay, fine. He took, you know, that was he's efficient. He, he, he did what he was supposed to do. But you're watching them down the stretch, down double digits, right? And he keeps going down and getting to that little mid-range pull-up. It's so efficient. I get it. But I feel like he's almost fallen too much in love with that. Now, every game is different. Every battle is different, right? And you need the context. But like the context was last night, they needed to shoot some threes. Patty Mills seemed like the only guy that was knocking him down. And again, this will sort itself out. But I think Durant, 2021, 2022 NBA, six threes isn't enough for him. And I'm not saying he needs to settle, but I think he also needs to understand some of the analytics of the game. We know he's a purist. We know he's a hooper. And he wants to just be efficient. But let's keep an eye on KD's three ball count, man. Because I even, even back to the Golden State days, I thought he didn't shoot enough of them. No panic for this Nets team. You could tell they weren't, they weren't too worried about this, Al. It was all smiles after the game. And, you know, uh, but I, I do think that big picture overall, they are too reliant on, again, those older guys to fill in minutes. And then again, a young Nick Claxton at the center position. He's very skilled, but he's also kind of soft. On to game two, Warriors-Lakers. And what I saw was a Warriors team that was sped up, right? It was an ugly kind of start to the game. There was a lot of scrambling and, and guys were kind of out of sorts. I think there was a lot of ex excitement, which led to some overzealous offensive action from both sides. But usually when you get an offensive rebound or there's a scramble or a play is broken, if you're patient, you should get a good second look. And what I saw with the Warriors, particularly in that first quarter, was they were shooting a lot of no-man's-land shots, right? Deep twos, uh, baseline mid-rangers, just like the ball was ending up there because the play was broken, and then they were, again, rushing the shot rather than moving it and getting a better look in, in a spot for a guy. And some of that is the Lakers' length and size, I think, sped them up. Like, are we going to get another shot? Better take this one. And then another part was just opening night. TNT and, and, and some nerves and some excitement. As for Braun, man, haters can hate. You've got to give him credit and you got to admire his fight to stay atop the hill. Not that he's the top guy still. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but you know what I'm saying. 
every year it's like, all right, what's Braun going to look like? You know, what what is it? Father time. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'll add a little something. You know what I'm saying? I, I ain't going away. And, and his his uh, his love of the game, man, his his pursuit to, to the, again, be at the top. You see him with that little dirk. Is he getting a little dirk, a little one foot fade? What I've noticed with the mid range and, and the post up, at least a very small sample size was he's getting deeper. Pause. What I mean by that is, is usually he will settle for like a 20 foot, 20 foot post up fade or whatever. Now he's getting to like 18, 16 feet. He's touching the paint. He's getting deeper. And that's just an easier, more efficient shot for him. And then I also think you can see the mellow influence on LeBron. Face up, jab, step, take your time. And so I think that that mid range game for LeBron, especially if he's going to work his way into a deeper position, is very sustainable for him. The three ball last night, I mean, he would, what, he had five of them? I think that a little of that is fresh legs, new season. Like, we'll see how sustainable that is as, as the season goes on and, and, you know, his legs aren't as fresh. I thought that that was some of that. And then Steph continues his curse at the Staples Center, right? You got to give Bazemore some credit. He knows him better than any. And he, he stayed attached. And it's easier to stay attached and play physical when you've got AD lurking the paint, Dwight Howard lurking the paint, that's been the Lakers' concept since Frank Vogel got there, right? You've got all this rim protection so the perimeter defenders can be ultra-aggressive on the perimeter. So, you know, I don't know what it is with LA and the Staples Center and all that. You're supposed to, the backdrop, Steph's supposed to shoot better in, in, with that backdrop. But, you know, what I liked about his game was he found ways to compete. He, had, he finished with the triple-double. I'm not going to celebrate that, but he just competed. Right, loose balls, scrambling. His energy was up. He didn't sulk, you know. And the and the the young players on this team look at that. And you saw what happened eventually in that third quarter where Jordan Poole just sparked it. He's explosive, man. Right, he sparked it. And then, as crazy as this sounds, Bielitsa took the Warriors home last night. Right, every play down the stretch, he was involved finishing the game. And it's funny because when we acquired him this off season. I went and looked at the tape. I went and looked at his EuroLeague MVP season. Looked at, you know, Minnesota, his stint Minnesota, Sacramento, Miami, he didn't play. And I'm like, yo, as blasphemous as this sounds, he has a lot in common with his fellow Serbian, the Joker. There's, the skill set is very similar. Now, he's not a big, he's not a back-to-the-basket big. We know that, right? He's a perimeter stretch guy. But he plays very similar. Same craft, same pace, and really kind of the same toolbox outside of the post-ups. And so my conclusion was, no NBA team has really utilized him to his full ability. But there you have it last night, right? I mean, what do you have, 15 and 10? 15 and 11? Monster game. Monster game from Bielitsa, man. Um, I will have, as always, a full breakdown later this afternoon on my Patreon and go over all the Warrior details and all that stuff. I'm going to cover the rest of the league in these podcasts and, and patrons know like some of, sometimes you're going because there was only two games last night, you're getting kind of the, some of the warrior take in this one because it was one of two games last night right here in this episode. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, the reality is, look, you got LeBron and AD both shot the lights out. Steph was cold and you still got beat on your home floor. And to me, you know, you know, you're going to say, well, they got to. They've got a blend, and you can say, well, they got a blend, they've got a mesh, right? And Russ really struggled. I would be very concerned how much of a diminishing return they're going to get out of Russell Westbrook playing with the starters, 
right? Because his, his whole game is based off grab and go. The rebounds are really a necessity for, for Russ because he needs to get it and go that quickly. He needs the ball in his hands. And now you take the ball out of his hands. And we all, we all saw this coming on paper, right? And so is he going to have to eventually just play with the second unit? But then you got uh, Rondo starts. I don't know. There's going to be some tweaking. And similar to the Nets takeaway, right? There's no need to panic, right? They're, they're going to be in the mix. Health is probably still the top priority. But when you look at the roster construction, you can easily kind of skip ahead a month or two from here and uh, and start to see some trade rumors swirling. Russell Westbrook going to end up playing for every team in the league by the time it's said and done. Now, I don't know if they could even move him, but they've really bound themselves to this style, right? What, what, what moves could the Lakers actually make? I think Brooklyn probably has some more flexibility with, uh, with what they can do and how they can tweak their rosters. But uh, yeah, great win for the Warriors. And again, I'll cover more of that in, in detail in the breakdown today. I got one spicy take I'll leave y'all with. Episode one, season two here. Y'all see the restored video of Wilt Chamberlain in HD? Super dope. I don't, I don't know. I'm not quite sure how, how that technology works, but it, it, it looks dope. Very clear footage of him. And my takeaway was, is he not JaVale McGee placed into the 1960s? <laughs> now I got some of y'all big mad. Anyway, this is the Hesit, brought to you by basketballgods.net. I'm out, y'all.